to Untapped Potential on TDN Radio with Dr. Simone. It is always great to be in your company for another episode of Untapped Potential where we get powered up and energized for the week ahead and we remind ourselves of the important life goals that we have set out for ourselves. So again, welcome to the program for today, May 2nd, 2023. Yes, can you believe it is already May 2nd? which means summer is quickly approaching and so is the end of the year. So what have you accomplished this year so far? What have what strides have you made on those important goals that you have set out for 2023? So this is the place we come every Tuesday to remind ourselves of what is that next step that we need to take in order to accomplish those goals. So is there um, an email you need to send? Are there some phone calls that you need to make? Are there some people that you need to follow up with? So this is our accountability hour with regards to being consistent with our life goals. So it is great to be here with you as we get powered up for the week. Uh, we always like to start the program on a note of gratitude. So what are you grateful for uh, today? Again, if you cannot find anything to be grateful for, remember that you woke up this morning. So let us always remember to be grateful for life. So we have another packed program for you. Today we have another uh, great interview, another great conversation. Uh, this week we will be talking about empowering our girls because you know there is so much coming to our girls um, in this day and age uh, from the influencers and social media to the lyrics of the songs that we hear on the radio in Dominica. So it seems like there is so much influence coming towards our girls that it may be difficult for them to know their true value. So we recently had a great conversation with some uh, very um, engaging women from the Dominica Girl Guides. We had Miss we also had Miss Tanya Dixon, who is a very outspoken activist. We had Kalinago Wari, which is another spoken, outspoken activist, as well as someone else joined us. I'm forgetting the name right now, but you will hear. It's a very powerful program and just meant to empower girls. Oh, yes, uh, Deborah Charles Mark from Talk One to One TLC. 
and also representing Dominica Child Protection Services along with Tanya Gibson. So again, we are, we are grateful that you're here with us today for Untapped Potential. Let us begin with a wonderful song. This time we're going to take this number from Mr. Naren Murphy, trendsetter out of Dominica, a song entitled Figures. So let's enjoy this number and then of course stay tuned for our conversation on a empowering girls and the rest of the program stay tuned yes And others can't ask me no financial question. 
love the figures big, 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 big. Can you for my money? Don't like them small, 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 small. No challenge at all. Love the figures big, 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 big. The bigger the better. Said President Observer. Don't like them small, 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 small. It takes no effort working them out at all. Once we can handle it, then we will tackle it. Yes, figures, 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 figures. Right. Love the figures, big, 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 big. Can you for my money? Don't like them small. Small, 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 no challenge at all. Love the figures big, 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 big. The bigger the better, more time to calculate. Don't like them small, 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 small. It takes no effort working them out at all. But big, big, big. My personal desire, once I can handle it. Our theme for this year is Invest in Me, Invest in Us. And today, and with every program, we always focus on an action plan, a strategic action plan for what is affecting us in Dominica. So again, if you're just joining us, uh, this is Roots Connections, and we are talking about from song lyrics to the clothes they wear, how can we empower our girls to see their true value? And ladies, I thought we would get started this evening by looking at some of the legislation that is currently being talked about, because I certainly think that we're heading in the right direction when we talk about more support for our girls and our boys, especially those who do not live in, you know, a traditional household. And I thought we could begin by just having some thoughts on what are your thoughts on the new legislation. And if you don't have an opinion, that's fine, because that was not part of what um, we initially said we were going to talk about. But I think it's important to talk about current situations, uh, especially as it relates to the vulnerable, the vulnerable boys, the vulnerable girls in our society. So does anyone have an opinion on that? You guys are shy. <laughs> Well, that, I, I, I listened to snippet of it today, and I think that was a very powerful uh, move. I was so excited, you know, to hear some of the debates and the conversation and really understanding, um, walking in the shoes of a child who is born, you know, out of wedlock and um, who's born, you know, with a fling on the side or whatever. And, you know, that child is just labeled, you know, such, and they go through life you know, um, with low self-esteem because of, you know, where they come from. And, you know, it was no fault of theirs, you know, how they came into the world. And yet they like, you know, stepmothers is just discriminate against them. And there's no such thing as a lovely stepmother. <laughs> stepmother. <laughs> I quite <like to> disagree. 
Yes, yes. I'm sure I'm sure that there, there are some lovely stepmothers actually. And I know actually I know of one in my family, and she's been really good to my nieces and nephew. You know, when the father was away, she really looked after them. So definitely we just have this thing about stepmothers, but um you know, with everything, you know, you have good and bad in, with, with different people. So definitely yes. it, it was very powerful to have that legislation in place to protect the child that is born out of marriage. That's very powerful. And I re I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. But the question that keeps coming to mind, um, and Tanya, I'm going to come to you for this one. Is the legislation enough? Because I know you're very vocal <laughs> when it comes to the topic. And we all are very vocal when it comes to the topic of protecting our vulnerable children in Dominica, our girls and our boys. So is the legislation en is enough? Because I, I think a few months ago, I heard one of the uh, attorneys at law in Dominica said that we have some of the most powerful bills in the books regarding pro child protection services and then it just begged the question well are they being implemented so so what are your thoughts tanya and then anybody else can feel free to jump in well simon i think you said exactly what i what i think um i always think there is legislation i applaud them for going into further with this legislation they put into to act there now i think it's always great ideas but enforcement is our problem in Dominica, and that's that. We can write all the legislation in the world, but if we don't enforce the legislation, if we don't show that zero tolerance for certain things, then we won't get anywhere. And I think that's our issue in Dominica. We don't show zero tolerance for a lot of things. We don't enforce our legislation. A lot of people are getting away, you know, jack free, doing a lot of harmful things to our, our children. Mm -hmm. and that's my absolutely. team yes absolutely anyone else wants to share on the topic yeah. well Tanya you just no. hit it right you just hit it right on the nail the legislation is not in the books it's in the people and it's in the action of the people and that is you hit it right on the books and we have to step up and say we have zero tolerance for any form of abuse against our children and take the necessary action to protect our children and you know I agree with you 100% the legislation yeah. is in the people Yes, yes. Yeah, I just want to concur with um, sisters here. Really and truly, we have been placing legislations here and there. And um, too often we keep, you know, commending the very good, but very good is just, just saying so. It's really putting it into action. And too often, as we have said already, this legislation is on the books and not much is being done about them. I just wanted to go back to the issue of a bastard child, and I cannot understand it this day and age in, this, in Dominica, that we still refer to a child as bastard in our books. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just so depressing. A child is a child, whether they come from whatever situation they, they, they came from. And too often, um, we relate to children in that kind of way and, and degrade them. So this was one of my issues with the legislation. Um, we need to commend the efforts that, uh, that were made in getting them together. But I really would like to see as well a family court that have, we have been speaking about for so long. Mm -hmm. All these legislations are good, but when come to really put them to implement them, we need the support system that's going to help to have them effectively implemented. And without a family court, we're going to have the open court where it's going to be delayed for five, six years, a child is raped 
and have to go through the whole situation over and over again, having to repeat, having to confess, having, and even forced to feel that they, they are the guilty ones, you know, when they, they are the victims. So this, this is one of my concerns. And we need, we need to really look at this legislation in its entirety and to make sure that whoever authority that is responsible for getting it done, they do the job that's supposed to be done. For example, yeah. if a child is raped, they said that, um, not even rape, when a child goes to the hospital and the child is on the age, uh, they are supposed to report. Well, how many of the, 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 the health workers report this situation? And even if it is reported, what is done? Because I was speaking to a nurse and she said, you know, there was a situation of this young girl, only about, um, she was about 15, and she was pregnant by this one of the high-class members of society. And <laughs> she reported it, but then that was it. Nothing, no follow-up, nothing was done. So we need, we need to begin to even educate our people as to what's supposed to be done. This legislation is in place. What is it that we're supposed to do in order to make sure that it is enforced? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the legislation needs to have some teeth. Right. Um, Kalinari um, Wari, let me come to you. And by the way, um, I think people will find your name very interesting. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your name? Uh, there's always there's always an icebreaker topic. Kalinago Wari is actually my writer's name. And I chose it specifically because I am from three different races, genuinely Dominican, Kalinago, African and European. And one of the things growing up is the lack of value and representation of my Kalinago heritage and almost being spit on. So in, in terms of we're talking about empowerment of women, I believe in the empowerment of people in general. So I wanted to empower my people by naming myself that, by claiming that so that every time somebody speaks it, there's a reference to those people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is all part of my whole philosophy of life. Um, in terms of empowerment of women and, and going back to the topic, I'd love to jump on to what mm -hmm. Marcia said about the education of our people and, and the necessary teeth that is needed that both ladies, all ladies, I should say, have said in this, in this program so far. The necessary teeth comes from education and the education does not come from legislation. Legislation is merely a guide. The government is but a buffer to society. It does what society is needing in terms of creating the framework and the necessary guidance towards a certain direction. Now we have the guidance towards a direction. And as Sonia said, we have something, but it's not everything. So mm -hmm. what needs to happen at this point is that both teachers, educators of all levels, social workers of all levels need to be able to come together in a forum of some kind to find ways to develop curriculum, to find ways to develop standard operating procedure on how we deal with social work, how we deal with that pregnant child at the hospital, how we deal with that child going through family court. All of that requires standard operating procedure. Now, that sounds a little crazy and very businesslike in a very emotional setting, but it is a very necessary tool in terms of educating our people, in terms of creating a process for the children that are abused, not just girls, but males mm -hmm. also are in these predicaments. We need some form of construction that allows the legislation to move towards the 
not just formal education, but the casual education of our people. One of the biggest problems that I have personally in returning to live in Dominica is how men conduct themselves with me. Mm. And a simple thing of passing down the street is not a simple thing anymore. I'm used to a society where I can politely walk down the street and not be bothered by any male. Every few seconds I walk down the street, I'm bothered by somebody. Not in some horrible sense to say that men are just being absolutely lecherous, but they are lascivious to a degree. And it, it is quite ridiculous. I have to be told how beautiful I look. I have to be told how my effect on that man is sexually or sensually. Why do I need to experience that just walking down the street? Simple things like, hey, darling, like, come on. At some point, when do our males recognize that is not complimentary to a woman? It's actually quite predatory. Mm -hmm. And that whole attitude that we have of, like Tanya said, we just let things slide. We let this, there's no teeth in that zero tolerance attitude. Mm -hmm. If we're letting that slide, then just imagine what is happening to the young girls who are walking the street, who, unlike me, cannot maneuver those conversations very well or find themselves fearfully maneuvering those conversations. You know, I can bat with the best of them. And, you know, we could have a little parlay and it come off as a joke thing, but I'm deadly serious. Don't talk to me like that. Don't refer to me like that. Don't call me out of my name like that. Don't see me like a dog. I can have those conversations a 12 year old who's beginning to experience puberty most likely is not ready for that conversation. Most likely will not say anything and will have to deal with that and takes that on board. And, and I, a lot of our girls are taking that on board as their value. This is how they're valuing themselves over time that a male appreciates them sexually and sensually. So then they begin to dress a certain way. They begin to search for that kind of of value of themselves, that empowerment comes from another human being in a sexualized form. So we can see the domino effect on the rest of society when that, that comes into play like that. It's very easy for these girls to get themselves into trouble. And it's not because they're looking for it. It's because they're trained to believe that some of these things are normalized and okay. And that old man, 30 something years old, can come and at a 12 year old, at a 15 year old, at a 17 year old. And it'd be like, no big deal. And mm -hmm. that girl is thinking, hey, you know, somebody of value, mm -hmm. I in society with car, with job, with money. This is where our girls are moving in that mm -hmm. direction. More. Yeah, and, and, and I'm so happy that we're having this very candid conversation because that is what we need to talk about. You know, what are the different elements of this issue with our girls starting to think that their value is in their looks, in their sexuality, and what are the implications for that? And later on, we're going to talk about, you know, the, 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 the strong characteristics that the women who raised us, um, you know, what they stood on, the values that they stood on, and the importance 
importance of instilling that in our girls when we're battling things like social media, when we're battling things like song lyrics. But Tanya, I could tell that you wanted to say something. So let me come over to you. And then ladies, let us go into just some of the observations. So I think um, Kalinago, you started it off very well with some of the observations you're seeing in Dominica. But I always say before we can address a problem, we need to lay, lay out what the problem is. So we're going to talk about our observations. What are we seeing on the ground in Dominica um, that is of concern to us where it impacts our girls? For example, and Tanya, I haven't forgotten you. We talk about how our little girls are being dressed. I saw some pictures, not of a Dominican little girl, but of a little girl who was only five years old and she was graduated and she had weave and she had false eyelashes and she had nails. And look, I am all for enhancing your beauty. You know, I straighten out my hair, I wear makeup. I am all for enhancing your beauty. But what are we teaching a five-year-old when at five, we are extending her hair and we're giving her false eyelashes and we're giving her false nails. What value are we teaching her? That her value is in her looks, that you have to be pretty and nothing else is of more importance than your looks. Tanya, I know you have a lot to say. No, I don't have a lot to say, you know, but I must say, Kalinago just um, really had my mind going with what she said, especially when she said about maybe she's seeing this like a business, the whole idea of education. Now, I take it even further back. It's, I don't see it as just education. That's a piece of what we're trying to do. I really see it as a cultural shift. Mm -hmm. That is what is really needed in Dominica, a cultural shift. And if we think about it like business, when we do change management and we go in and we want to change the culture of a business, there are like about four things we should be looking at. We go in there to educate, like Kalinago rightfully said. We should be educating our young people, especially as young as they can, as young as we can get them to change their mindset about exactly what you guys just spoke about, how they should dress, how should a man approach them, how they should be loved, you know? And then from there, we go back into, I think after education, we should look at resources, which Miss, um, which Marcia spoke about. Do we have resources going into certain structures to support this type of work? Right now, I hear, I, I've heard that our gender, our bureau, they don't really get money. They can barely do projects. They can barely do things to, to assist in, in gender-based violence. So after we look at resources, then we need to look at communication. Do we, are we constantly speaking to our young people and to the adults, getting messages out there, having programs out there where they can be, it's always in your face. You know, the same way they conditioned us because they put things in our face every day. We watch BET, we see gold chains and girls behaving a certain way. The, the music you keep talking about, it's on the bus, it's on the radio, it's everywhere. It's conditioning us every day. Then we need to put those messages of the culture shift, the shift we need out there. And lastly, like Kalinago rightfully said, the law, the legislature comes, comes, comes way after. It comes way after. And that's what I wanted. You just made my mind go there. Mm -hmm. You know, it made me think about business itself. And it should be seen right. like business. Process Maybe we approach it more right? seriously. Yeah. In stages. And the yeah, first absolutely. thing we need is that written portion. Great. The legislation is wonderfully there. 
that's mm. that's a guidance to educate now we're educating and now we're supposed to be moving into culture shifting and how do you manage culture shifting unless you get down to the school level down to the family level mm-hmm. down to the community level it is all necessary parts of the, the steps but yep. i think simone you you were mentioning how our mothers raised us our grandmothers mm-hmm. raised us you know all of us ladies here are a significant enough age to have that kind of experience of mothers and of grandmothers however i'm noticing a bigger trend again coming back to dominica it's is really dinosaur world the the generational shift that has happened in the 36 years that have been gone is incredible the ideas of my mother's generation are almost dissipated never mind my generation which is still struggling to find itself represented in the whole moral fabric of dominica but then i look back as well and i realize it is from perhaps my generation that things started really collapsing we had a lot of brain drain happening about the same time that i left dominica as well 36 years ago we had a lot of socioeconomic changes that happened we had a lot of hurricane after hurricane after hurricane setting people back causing migration patterns bringing new cultures and new people in and there's still no finding a feet in that now it's not to say there's anything wrong with migration is a beautiful thing i think dominica needs to do a better job again i love empowering people as much as any gender dominica needs to do a better job of welcoming its immigrants because we all have different ideas as we're sitting on the panel here with miss tanya from trinidad Wonderful, right? This is a regional influence. We have many regional immigrants. And I was born in Guyana. My mom is St. Lucian, dad Dominican. There you go. There you have it. Husband Dominican. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> We all need to welcome that because I think what's happened in in my my generation is so much brain drain and so much emigration out that the coming in hasn't been given an, a chance to be valued and to be represented. to allow the movement of a natural and organic way of moral fiber in this country. So what's happened is essentially the babies have been left to le- to raise themselves. Raise the babies. And if you have latchkey kids, we all know the effects. Statistically, you leave a kid without any supervision, without any parenting, without any strong moral guidance, you're going to end up with a different kind of output than you really want. And so I think a lot of what I see and observe in Dominica is from that perspective. And I remember as a 6-year-old that we had women burning bras. You know. And where where's our empowerment? We had the first freaking female prime minister. <laughs> what is right. going on? Right. We had But- women leaders to that highest degree and we're still struggling with the idea that women can lead. women right. can hold dominion women can do that in a very flawlessly feminine way without being mm-hmm. butch without being male without yes we can just be women we don't have to go the extra mile of being loud and beating our chests as if we're some kind of gorilla it doesn't have to be that way our value is in being feminine our mm-hmm. value is in being female and who yeah, and, are and, female and, Yeah and it's, and I'm happy I'm happy you raised this very important point but let us also hear from um Deborah and Marcia our observation 
why should we be concerned? Uh, Deborah, let me come to you. Yes, absolutely. On the ground, well, this is this year my daughter goes to convent, as you probably know, that um, this year, first time after COVID, they had the Christmas party and the team was um, posh and pink. And so, you know, as parents, you, you want your child to look nice. Parents were very pressured and a lot of Amazon um, delivery was made and, you know, they were spectacular. But my daughter, she didn't have a posh and pink dress. And I always teach her to have a contented heart and make use, be, be very resourceful and make use of what you have. So I look in her wardrobe and, you know, she had white trousers and then I'm like, okay, you're going to go in, we're going to go into town and get a, a top, a, you know, to, to compliment this, a pink top. So we went into the shops and then the lady's like saying in the shop, no, 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 she can't wear that. She has to wear evening gown and click clock. And I'm like, but children have to be children, you know? So I got a perfect top for her, a nice pink top. And, you know, I had to tell her, um, this is, I just got paid outfit because we have to get him in the mindset. I just got paid outfit. I put on a little gling belt on her and this, this top and she had this nice little flats, glittery flats. And my girl, she had a good time. She was good. And, you know, I really compliment the parents who was on the ball, getting the clothes outfit shipped in. But there was another side of children. They did not go because they did not get the perfect outfit. They did not participate pressure. in the Christmas party. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And, you know, I'm teaching my child. And then she was in the party. They did a live. And I saw her up on the stage. And, and she really enjoyed who she was and, you know, her outfit and everything. And I really applaud, applaud her for that. And, like, when they were, like, my daughter was, like, about five. Come as you like. And I'm like, oh, my God, come as you like. I Do I go out and buy a princess outfit or not? So I said, no. I just look in my closet and she had this this red hoodie and a, a welly from England, a welly boots. And I'm like, you are little red riding hood. <laughs> so she, she bought in, into that and like, yeah. And my son, he had no teeth in front of his mouth and I turned his head back and I said, you come in as a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I think what you're saying is that there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To socialize, to yeah. socialize their children. Yeah in particular yeah. ways. So we're still in that whole girls have to be pink and boys have to yeah. be tough. And Marcia, as I come to you, you know, I'm so happy that Kalinago brought up that example of the men on the street because I left Dominica 30 years ago and back then they were doing it. The nice girl. I'm like, first of all, it's not nice girl. I'm not you're either beautiful <laughs> or there's no such thing as a nice girl, right? I'm not a fruit. So, you know, that was me and my convent brain back then. <laughs> but 30 years ago, and maybe even before then, we had these men on the street. And, and I think the bigger issue is that they don't see an issue with it. They don't see that it could potentially be insulting to a young woman walking down the street, being called nice girl, and just not want to, wanting to be bothered. Like, like Kalinago said, I just want to walk down the street. I don't want to be bothered. So Marcia, as we're, we're coming to you, I think it is so important to already begin the conversation as it relates to the need for a cultural shift, just in the way we socialize our young children and in the way we approach our girls and our young children. And by the way, Facebook, I'm seeing all the great comments, so keep them coming. Of course, I will get to you in a little while. Yeah. Um I, I think we have to begin a total change in mindset. Mm -hmm. 
and the way we, we look at things. And we really keep blaming the, the, the young girls. We, we, we can't blame them when those who gave them had nothing to give, had nothing to offer. Um, in the sense that what, what they want, they, they, they live in a society where everything is a push button. So it's not like before when we were raised, we had to do things, we had to create things. Sorry. We had, we, we had to be creative in everything that we do. Um, we enjoyed swimming, we enjoy climbing the trees, we enjoy eating the fruits. Our, our children of today don't know this, this luxury, this, this, this beauty in enjoying nature. What they know is to be on, the, on their phones and um, engaging in, in all sorts of food stuff that is not healthy for them. And, and that, is, that is what they're given. And too often we said, I, I remember talking to a, a young lady and she says, oh, I do not want to raise my child the way that my parent raised me. Um, my child has to have everything that um, the other, other children now they have. And, and I said, yes, you can speak that way, but are you able to afford this kind of luxury to this child. And this is the problem that we have too often, that we, because of the way we were raised and, uh, and, and the culture out there of what is existing, that we want to just, we are, we are vulnerable to what is out there. And as you said before, they used to call us sit and so on, but it's worse now because really and truly, when they call you sit and you don't um, respond, they will just leave you alone. Now they, 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 they really challenge the girls. Yes, you know, they get aggressive. Who you think you are, you know, you think you're better than other people and mm -hmm. almost come up to their face at times. So, so it, it's, it's really threatening and, and it's troublesome to think of, of young girls having to face this sort of situation. Um, so most of the time what they do is just, they go in, you know, they, once I was passing and somebody says, hey girl, and I see this girl, I said, is your name hey girl? So the guy said, um, oh, we are not talking to you. I said, yes, you're talking to me. So I said, you're on your way, continue going. Your name is not hey girl, you don't relate to that. You know, mm -hmm. so, so we really, as adults who know better, we need to help the young girls as well in order to help them to shape the world that they are supposed to be in. A world that is at peace, more comfortable, and to get them to understand that um, you, you can say no, and when you say no, you have to stand up to the no that you're saying, and to be firm in what you're saying. Um, because if you don't, um, you'll be walked over. And even our parents, we have so much education to do with our parents of today because they themselves are living in a fantasy world and um, actually bringing up the children in this kind of world. And as you said, of this young child with this extension and all, all of this fancy, that, that is how we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and because some of these young women growing up did not have all of this thing, they, they actually see themselves through, this, through these little girls that they are raising up or this, this, this young boys, because you see the boys now with the earrings and you see them with a big chain and you see them with their pants below and they're only about five, six. 
and their pants already way below. So this this is how they're being trained. And we really, it, it, it has really bring a whole different perspective to how children were raised before. And we need to begin to re-examine that because we are really going down the road that is not um, good enough for this country. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think it's, it's it's even worse when we have immigrant parents come to the U.S. and we claim we want to give our children everything we did not have, but by saying that, it almost naturally translates to wanting to give them all the material things we do not have. So it is no wonder that they come to learn to value material things, their looks, their possessions, the prices of their bags, the prices of their clothes, as opposed to their skills and their characters and what they can offer to their family and to their society um, in general. But I think we would all agree that it begins in the home. So let us talk about the socialization of our children. So Tanya, let me come to your thoughts on that. How are we socializing our children that might be different from how we were socialized when we were grown up? Because for example, I know for sure that when I grew up, I had what I needed, but I didn't have what I wanted. So let us talk about, you know, we hear about parents buying these expensive cell phones for their children. So it begins in the home and it begins with us as women and us as mothers, the value that we see in our own selves and then our daughters emulate that value. And then we have to come back around to that whole thing of social media and WhatsApp and how predators are getting access to our daughters because our daughters have such little self-esteem and self-value because we haven't taught them their true value that they can simply go for, you know, the, the, the fancy words, the pretty words. So we have so much more to discuss. So again, if you're just joining us, uh, we are talking about how can we empower our girls to see their true value, a value that is not based only on their looks? Because, I mean, we value our looks. If we didn't value our looks, we wouldn't wake up in the morning and get dressed and comb our hair. It's important to value your looks. But is that the most important value? Or should we be teaching our girls to value their skills, their abilities, who they are as women? So Tanya and everyone, let's talk about how are our girls being socialized? Well, <laughs> I want to say something because I'm hearing us speaking a lot about the extensions and the hair and the nails and stuff. And I don't want people to get me wrong, but I am very much for self-expression. And I'm very much understanding that this is a different time. Mm -hmm. And they are going to want to express themselves differently from those before. I think it's important for us to just acknowledge that it's a different era. It's a different time. They're going to want to dye their hair purple and pink and whatever. Now, of course, I don't believe in going to the extremes, you know, where you look very sexualized or you look like if you're an adult, you do not look your age. But I do believe we should allow our children to express themselves within boundaries. I think it's very important not to take away that voice from them you know, give them that, that ability to be confident in their self-expression. But <laughs> I want to say that there are some things that I think are necessary, you know? Like I rightfully said, we're in a different era. They must have cell phones. They're going to have tablets. These things are being requested in school. These are not bad things. It's how we use it that makes it bad, okay? So I don't think 
taking don't give them any phones you know we have some parents oh they shouldn't have phones they shouldn't have they shouldn't watch tv they shouldn't have a you, you that's a bit too much now i think it's really about setting boundaries for your child and sticking to those boundaries helping them to understand why the boundaries are there and i i have to say yes i don't think we're doing a good job as parents at home socializing we're either very far extreme very strict so we're making children then become like i i guess rebels they just want to break out and then we're either just very like okay raise yourself <laughs> do your thing you know there must be some balance we have to recognize it's a different era we cannot tell these children well purple hair is just ugly they like purple hair they like pink hair they like extensions i think we have to give them the ability to express themselves but give them the boundaries and i think that's where we're falling short as as parents yeah absolutely uh kalinago let me come to you socialization and and i think you've had some experience outside of dominica so i'm not sure if you want to share the differences that you notice or is it pretty much the same uh yeah the whole world is the same there really is not nothing different in dominica and nothing new in dominica what i have noticed in the last few months i'm living here is that it's extreme to the point that we're such a small island it's easy to pinpoint our problems far more than another society that we're not interacting with on a daily basis it's as simple as that that's the only reason why everything seems oh my god you know i've dropped down into dinosaur land um but nothing has changed around the world the whole world is experiencing these issues the whole world is questioning the moral fabric that and the direction of society and whether parents are doing a better job or a worse job than the previous generation whether our communities are involved in raising these children like a village like they should be but i think what what is common also is that everybody around the world no matter what their politics are no matter what their religion is no matter what any other kind of cul cultural orientation is every human society fundamentally believes in the same basic moral fiber of how one conducts themselves as a gender as a family member everyone has honor codes everyone has ways that they expect their children to be developed it's the same everywhere around the world what dominica is sort of not so much lacking but allows to let loose is the the idea that we are supposed to be involved with one another like a village and i think we have lost that in such a significant way i think part of it is like i said the the migration patterns have been so significant and we've almost sort of left people to their devices we have a lot of very senior aged people here that's wonderful and we can hit the guinness book of records wonderful on the 100 year olds that are here that's great but the young people are the ones suffering for that lack of void you could say of that generation that has almost left completely and so we have young people raising young people and it's getting younger and younger there are more teenage pregnancies since i left this island and back when i lived here oh my god it was such a shame and oh mm -hmm. now it's like a big deal you know hey whatever let it hang it's like tanya said you know we have one extreme or the other we had a super strict where we're causing our children to either be rebellious or so repressed that they of no social use or we have the really crazy let it hang and we're doing a lot of let it hang and i'll bring this to the music 
my God, I would never raise my children in Dominica just because of the music alone. The bacchanal culture here, the vulgarity of lyrics here. Oh my goodness. So there is a movement presently, Dominicans um, against explicit lyrics. And I really petition everyone to go and sign that petition and get on board with the idea that we need to take back control over what is played publicly to our children. Now, if you as a parent want to go and do that, that's your business. If you want to go into a public space and you want to hear that, that's great after a certain hour and if kids are not involved. This is the level that we need to get involved in. It's like Marcia said, there are, there are children, young girls, males, all of us around, young adults even, experiencing parts of society that are quite threatening and they do not have any reprieve. They cannot stand on their two legs and say, no, I'm not having that or no, thank you, without it coming back to their face. And I think this is where as adults in this society, seeing how it is, we need to take responsibility and say, okay, you know what, that's- You that's are listening enough. to Untapped that's Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the US and the UK and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. a portion of an interview we did on empowering our girls with Mrs. Deborah Charles Mark and Miss Tanya Dixon, Kalinago Wari, as well as Marcia, what is Marcia's last name? I'm forgetting now, from the Dominica Girls Guide. So a very impactful program that we hope will make significant changes in the lives of our girls. So as we continue along with the program, let us look at our tip of the week. And this week, we are taking this one from Forbes.com, F-O-R-B-E-S.com. And the title of the article is, when setting goals, use direction to get rid of distraction. So how many of us have these great goals that we have planned for ourselves, but there always seems to be something getting in the way of those goals? So again, the article is from Forbes.com and it's entitled, When Setting Goals, Use Direction to Get Rid of Distraction. And it was written by David Villa. So it begins by saying, as a CEO, I've learned that when it comes to achieving a goal, you can always break its success or failure down to either distraction or direction. Distraction is anything preventing us from giving our full attention to a task. When you're working toward a goal or growing a company, a distraction will take you off course and make it impossible to keep your mind on your purpose or goal. Direction, on the other hand, is a course or path along which something travels. The reason you set goals is because they define the direction you would like to move to attain 
that goal. In my career, I found that as long as I avoid distractions and keep my main focus on the direction that I'm headed, my goals always remain in sight. Though I have these ideas well-defined now, when I was young, I found myself bouncing from one idea to the next, trying to get the desired results and failing. I felt like I was banging my head against a wall. My vision was clear, so why wasn't I able to make it happen? Once I realized distractions was the cause, I worked to eliminate it. I began relying on and refining the 70-25-5 principle, a concept found in several business-related books. As I worked it into my own life, the change was incredible. And I'd clearly defined long-term and short-term goals, which I wrote down and regularly updated, and I spent the majority of my time utilizing my strengths to build a foundation for success. So very important as we're reading this article, that when you're reading the article, you will be able to click on the 70-25-5 principle that he talks about. So if you'd like some more information about what that entails, when you're reading the article, you can simply click on that part of the article and it will give you more explanation on what that is. So continuing with the article, distraction is the enemy. Even when you have a specific destination and you know the way to get there, the path isn't always easy to travel. You should expect obstacles along the way, though you continue making progress. But out, but out of nowhere, confusion, difficulty, change in frustration, and distraction from your purpose. You can blame the difficulty on the obstacles, but the cause is actually distraction. Distraction can happen to anyone, but only when you fail to set goals does it win. A goal must be written down, otherwise it's just a dream. Studies, including this Harvard publication, have shown that individuals with clear written goals are significantly more likely to succeed than those without clearly defined goals. Whether we begin a project, start a new year, month or week, we should clearly define our goals. These act as a beacon guiding us toward their achievement. So just a very important article. If you find that you're often distracted with your goals, you find yourself social, um, surfing social media, you find yourself picking up the phone and calling a friend, when in fact, you should be working on some aspect of your goals. So again, it is from Forbes.com. And the name of this article is When Setting Goals, Use Direction to Get Rid of distraction. So as we continue along here, uh, just a reminder, we had the program with the universities who are going to Dominica, St. Lucia, and Grenada this summer in June to recruit our Caribbean students for higher education opportunities. So that is now playing on Push Past 10 
on YouTube. So again, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0.com on YouTube for more information. Or if you know anyone who is looking for higher education opportunities, whether it be a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and even PhD level, so we had a very engaging conversation with representatives from this university. And again, we want to say a very special thank you to Dr. Randy Glean over at Western Illinois University, because he was the one who has put this into motion, who recognizes the need for higher education in the Caribbean. And remember, he's been doing this work for about 30 years right now. And I too am a beneficiary of his 30 years of work with educating students in the Caribbean. So at this point, he's probably educated over 2,000 Caribbean students. So just think about the impact on the lives of not only these students, but the lives of the generations of people who will come, how it has changed the trajectory of the life of the generations to come once you've educated the first generation of students. So we are truly grateful for Dr. Randy Glynn and the work he continues to do with providing higher education opportunities in the U.S. and now in Canada, providing those opportunities to our Caribbean students. So again, for more information, you can jump on YouTube at Push Past 10, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-D-1-0, on YouTube and for more information about what Push Past 10 is all about, our vision, our mission, what we are trying to accomplish for our Dominican as well as our Caribbean people, you can always log on to pushpast10.com. Again, that is www.pushpast10.com to see everything that we're about and how we are accomplishing our mission of providing opportunities to advance the lives of our Dominican brothers and sisters, our Caribbean our brothers and sisters at home and abroad. And while you're there, if you've missed any episode of Untapped Potential, you can click on the media link and it will take you to both of my radio programs. It will take you to Roots Connections as well as untapped potential and you'll also see a glimpse of the audiences that we reach so, so much going on and we are truly grateful for the opportunity to be able to impact the lives of so many people so again it was great to be here with you for another episode of untapped potential on tdn radio we are here every tuesday from 5.30 Eastern Standard Time to 6.30 Eastern Standard Time as we get powered up and energized for the week ahead and we remind ourselves of the important life goals. So if you're a regular listener, we are grateful that you take time every week to be a part of this program. And if this is your first time joining us, we hope that you will set your reminder to be a part of this program every week so that you too can get powered up and energized and just remind yourselves of the important life goals that you have set. So again, 
Thank you for being here. Don't forget your life story is your strength. The challenges you faced along the way have prepared you for the challenges that you face today. So remember to tap into your potential. Remember to stay strong, stay active, stay positive, and stay engaged until we meet again right here for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. You have yourself a productive week.